Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Hey, Christy. Hello, Megan. How are you doing today? Good, good. Good. What's been going on? What's been going on lately on campus? It's been pretty busy on campus. We've had a lot of visitors and different groups around. So it's, I feel like it's yeah. the springtime, the fresh, new, exciting, <sighs> like people are, are around. Yes. Um, actually, last week, the or sometime recently, the Guardian's household had yes. a reunion and had 160 people on campus. Oh my gosh, that might be a record. 160. Now they're about, what, 10 years old or something like that? Yes, it was their 10-year reunion. I feel like that would be everybody then. Everybody yeah. came. Yeah, it That's was amazing. Neat. So yeah, shout out to the Guardians if you were here. Great right. to have you. And if you want to have your household reunion here, if you have a big anniversary coming up, you should contact the alumni office because yeah. they have a great, a lot of great resources to help you out. So yeah, let it's us always know. a good time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so today we have an awesome guest. He graduated in 2011 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Mathematics and Economics. He had a minor in Theology and Computer Science, and now he's a father to three beautiful kiddos. He lives in Denver with his wife, a fellow alumni, Emily Ortiz Bianco, um, and she graduated in 2011 as well. I mean, I don't know how I could add to this introduction, (laughs) but in addition to all the degrees that he has, his professional resume is quite impressive. Um, He's been working in the tech industry and as a software engineer um, and has been very successful in multiple startup companies and just his own um, experience. So we're going to hear today about um, his experience at Franciscan and also in the tech industry. Yeah, we're excited to welcome Mike Bianco to the podcast. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hey, Hey, Mike. Mike. (laughs) So before we talk about your life now, which sounds pretty exciting to me, not just because you have three awesome kids, five and under, right? Or under five? Yeah, under five. five. Under five. That's a lot. I I can relate. Um, Can you share with us where you're from and how you chose to come to Franciscan? Yeah, I'm from outside of Philadelphia. I grew up in Downingtown, uh, which is right near Westchester, which most people know. Yeah. Um, and actually, originally, I, I, I was born in New York, Long Island. So oh, that my, makes sense. My parents, if they get angry, they still have the, the New York accent. <laughs> it like comes out. Fun. It does. You know? <laughs> it does. It does. The dog and the coffee. You know, oh, it, yeah. It becomes more of a thing. Um, New York or Philly, though? I don't know. Which, which one? Which is scarier. Yeah. <laughs> Scary? <laughs> like I, when your parents get mad. Uh, yeah. New York. Yeah, New York. My, my yeah. parents are from New York, too. So it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I would say New York people are more intense. Okay. That, that, that's what I would okay. say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that'd be my take. You've heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I, I actually had a friend in high school who invited me to a, a retreat. Um, I wasn't really into the, that into my faith in high school. He invited me to this retreat. Uh, he kept inviting me. I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. Um, and it, that that really kind of got, that's where I first heard about Franciscan uh, and when I first like kind of encountered it. Um, and then I had another friend who uh, actually visited the school. We were in a youth group together, youth minister went to Franciscan. Right. And, um, and, he, and the youth minister really encouraged us, like, hey, you go check out the school. Like, go visit. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
we I actually visited my like sophomore year or junior year together. Right, that's pretty young for college visits. Because because my my friend was a year older, so oh, right. he yeah. was looking at it like his junior year or something like that. I went as a sophomore, um, and I didn't really think too much about it afterwards. It was my first college visit. You know, I was like, <laughs> this school seems kind of small. Uh, I wanted to do kind of like math, engineering, and there wasn't really a, a big engineering. Or they didn't even have an engineering program That's at the true. time. Yeah. I can't remember. So I, I kind of like wrote it off the list. Uh, and I visited like a bunch of other uh, universities with, you know, engineering engineering programs. But what I found visiting them was the like I, we, you do these tours where you'd be with your like future class. And right. this was like my senior year. So I'm going to like, it's like a Catholic University and um, Drexel University. There's a bunch of kind of like schools with decent engineering programs in Philly. And you'd go with your possible future class and kind of like with the professors and you're wandering on campus and stuff. And I remember thinking as I'm with these people, like, I, I don't think I could spend four years with the, this crew. That's <laughs> um, just they're, they're kind of they were kind of boring. And I, I kept going back to my visit at Franciscan, which all the people I stayed with were super fun. I remember I, they put me up with this kind of random junior who housed me and like took me to all his classes, was super nice to me. Like we had we had a lot of fun. And I still remember thinking like. Wow, all those people were so joyful and they were yeah. so they were so fun. Like I'd rather be in that environment. And you could also you there's a palpable sense of 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 God and just importance of the faith on campus, which was important to me in high school, but not super important. But I, I think really the more of the draw was just the people were great. And so I, I really decided because of that, which looking back was kind of a kind of a silly reason, but uh, it, <laughs> it was a risk. Yeah it, yeah, it was. I didn't really think about it like that at the time, but I was like, man, I want to go somewhere where I'm actually really going to enjoy enjoy the experience over of four college. years. Yeah. 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 And you kind of thought too, I guess if you're going to go into engineering and that kind of realm, you're thinking, you know, I can get a, a master's somewhere else after I graduate, whatever, that kind of, that kind that's, of Yeah. That's what I looked at. A <laughs> lot of the s- programs at the time were a four plus one, even, even in like Drexel or something, you'd go, you do a co-op, you'd, you'd get kind of your base engineering degree and then you do a master's afterwards. Um, and Franciscan, they, I talked to the department like, oh, yeah, you could do that here. You could get a math degree. And then we have like a connection to whatever Carnegie Mellon, Pittsburgh, and you can go do a master's there. So I was like, great. So I still have that option. Um, right. Let's give it a go. And I think it was, I think it was cheaper at the time. So that was, mm. uh, that was another thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you mentioned a little bit earlier when we were talking that you actually, you paid your way through college, right? I did. Yeah. Like, yeah. Working. Which I think was a great, a great gift. I took it seriously. I remember still not missing class because I could calculate how much I was paying for the class. Oh um, my god! Per minute, yeah, you almost per minute, knew. exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, I, I, um, you know, my, I came from a bigger family, and uh, my parents said, "Hey, you can go wherever you want because you're going to pay for it." Uh, so that that was great, and yeah, and that that really pushed me to to work during college and, right. and work in high school and really like just figure that all that out. Um, but that you- means you would have to do a little more work than like. McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I always, it was always kind of funny. My, my, my friends will, will remind me that I did this. I, I don't actually remember this, but they would walk into my dorm and I would be working like all, like a lot. Um, and so I, I did freelance work all throughout college, mm-hmm. uh, for kind of different companies. Uh, and I would, you know, I didn't really think much of it at the time, but that's what I was, you know, I, that was, that was my on-campus job. I just ran a little kind of freelance business out of my dorm out of, uh, where were you francis your roommate was like hey do you want to go play frisbee or like listen i have a client on the phone that's literally that's literally what happened i i would, I would 
<laughs> I had this software that I built that managed music for a bunch of these like high class bars in London. Um, and there was this guy, it was pretty, it was pretty random, but right. there was this guy from London that I would talk to late at night cause it was early in the morning for him. Right. So they'd, my, my, you know, people would come in and they hear this like English guy on oh the phone gosh. and they're like, what, what are you doing? Oh. You know, Mike, um, we're worried about you. Like, you do, know? You, do you want to come hang out? Like, ah, I got to talk to Mark and figure this out. <laughs> was he calling? Did you have a cell phone at that time or was it like your door? It was number? all like Skype. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so they could hear it through the speakerphone or whatever. So you kind of you kind of referenced it. You weren't just you know you were doing so, you were doing software for them, right? You were programming. Yeah, is that what you were doing? Yeah. So how did you get? You were doing that in high school, right? Before you came to Franciscan. Yeah. So my yeah the the story there is I I remember painting uh, working at a wood shop when I was like thirteen, and I was painting the this fence and like sweeping this floor, making like five dollars an hour, and I can distinctly remember thinking, this is terrible. Like I really should do something else. Um, there's got to be a better way. And my my dad were, was a landscaper, and he worked for this small business. And this was like I, I can't remember the date, but um, this was when you know people had websites, but not everyone had websites, and people knew they needed a website. Um, they didn't know exactly what they needed. So right. my my dad's boss was like, "Hey, I need a website, and I'll pay you to do it." And so I was like, "Great. Uh, I don't know how to build a website, but." <laughs> If you'll pay me to do it, I, I bet I could figure it out. So I went to the library and like took out a bunch of books and started just like reading the books and like figuring out how building a website worked. And um, I built a website for his boss. And after after that, his other friend saw that website. He's like, oh, I need a website. So I just started like kind of naturally building wow. these random websites for people. And as I was learning how to build these websites, uh, back then there was these discussion forums. You could go on, if you had a problem, like how do I do this thing with programming? Mm -hmm. And some helpful person from around the world would, would, would answer your question. But on these websites, there was like a job posting area. And so people would post like, hey, I need this website built. So I started right. just like, you know, as like a 14, 15 year old, just responded to these things. People didn't know how old I was. And I just started working on these little things for all, for oh people over the world, um, which was really neat in, in retrospect. And, uh, and then I, the, the cool thing I did too, is I had a couple of like application ideas where I was like, oh, I, I, I had an iPhone at the time, the little old one where you kind of, you know, spin the wheel or whatever. Right. And it was like really heavy. Yeah, like really, super really heavy, heavy, super clunky. You could break really easily. Wow. Um, but I was like, I want a dictionary on it. And so I figured out a way to like pull a dictionary onto the iPhone and like sold that online and set up a website and like a little business to sell. So I was doing like that kind of stuff in high school, which was fun. And, and you, you keep saying this. It was fun. It was fun for me. You know, like this. I don't know if like a 14 year old these days are like, you know what? I need to build an app to get this specific calculator on my phone for this, you know, science or math class. I'm just going to do it. It'd probably be. It'll be, yeah, it'll I, be fun. I was definitely a nerd. I, I, I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have like classified it like that at the time. But I, I and I still love just like tinkering with things that other people would find useless that I find kind of interesting. You were so. problem solving and you were you were passionate about something. That's good. You know. That is true. Okay. So when you got um, to Franciscan, can you tell us about your experience? Was it everything you'd hoped it would be? Was it not boring for you? It, it wasn't boring. <laughs> I, I really, I, the, I, I have distinct memories of just the, the, the way it classified is I felt like all of the students and the people here could have fun without any external um, mm -hmm. thing helping them to have fun, mm -hmm. whether it's 
you know, like they, it wasn't like they needed a big party or a, or a kind of a festival or some music thing or a big event. There could be literally nothing going on <laughs> in a very like simple kind of sleepy town and they could have a lot of fun. I, one of the big memories I remember, this wasn't like a, uh, a, I don't know why this strikes out to me. I think it was like the first week at school. Someone had a goldfish that they bought and, <laughs> and, and the goldfish died. And so it was like 10 of us got together and we had a burial ceremony for this goldfish. <laughs> and they're like three of the people like wrote these like really intense songs about the goldfish. I mean, it's all a joke. And right. then we had like a like some sort of like food like afterwards. <laughs> it was this whole like hour, hour and a half long celebration of this goldfish. And it was clearly ridiculous. And it, you know, is like who does that? But it was just really fun. It was like an example of people can just have fun even if there's nothing to, you know, right. that you would normally have fun about. It is the beauty of being around here. Like people will often ask us, like when I'm at events, like is Franciscan going to have a campus like in Florida or California? <laughs> and I'm like, shoot, I would love to have that. Like I'll move there. But I feel like it would change everything. Yeah. Because like, then you have access to so many other things right. to like distract you from the community and the people that are here that you yeah. just. Yeah. And you're not as creative. Mm -hmm. I remember freezing large blocks of ice with friends <laughs> and then using that to sled down the hill because we didn't have sleds. <laughs> amazing uh, stuff like that that was just so ridiculous that sticks in your mind right uh, it was really fun that's amazing it's true it's it's funny i was just talking to another alumni a friend and she said you know we're so poor when we were students you know i, I started dating my now husband we would take free tea packets from the calf and that would be our date you know we couldn't even afford to go <laughs> off campus we just get hot water from our dorm and just sit outside on campus yeah, on the yeah. hill and drink our free tea from the calf you know that was our date totally. but she's like i have such fond memories of that so it's kind of what you're saying here. yeah definitely. that's great i love that so you had time to join a household right yeah yeah i did so it was um i think it was junior year maybe late freshman year i joined lion and judah household and uh, yeah, it, it was a really cool time for the household. The household almost died. There was like a couple people left, and the couple of older guys, I think like junior seniors at the time. Because it it's a it's an older household, right? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember when. It was it's, it's old though. Well, I think it was up. actually rebranded at a certain point because I, I recently right. met somebody who was in the pre Lions, and he's like, "Yeah, it almost died, and then the, it merged into the Lions." Interesting. And yes, I so do remember hearing something. They, like that. You guys have come back to life a few times. <laughs> yeah, that, it, but it definitely was that scenario where it's like literally, I think it was two or three guys that were really excited about it. Everyone else basically didn't care, and they would recruit all these, all these, uh, all like the freshmen. And they, <laughs> the thing that was really impressive to me still is these older guys. You know, they have their own friends. They're busy. Like yeah. we're just freshmen. You know, it's why would you spend time with these freshmen? But they really invested in us. Not just like, oh, hey, come join us. It was more like, hey, who are you? What's your story? Like, you know, what 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 do you want to do in your life? Like they would really invest in getting to know you and mentoring you and, and in a lot of ways, like being an older brother to you. And it really made a difference. I mean, these two or three guys in particular, I think it went from the household was maybe five or six people total to like 30 in like a year. So a lot of people joined wow. and it was a really that was the best experience of Franciscan was household for me. Um, yeah, all the. All the guys in the household were just everyone had each other's back. You were all pushing each other to to just have fun, be better people. Like, you know, if you're having a hard day or a hard week, like they'd be there for you. It was a really it was the biggest kind of example of what friendship really looks like that I had had in my life. And I still look back on it. And um, 
and, and see it as the time that I really learned how to be a friend to people. And I think it's, it's such a formative experience that a lot of, a lot of people who didn't go here don't have. Uh, and it's, I feel really lucky that I, I had that experience. We've talked to a lot of people that have said, and people older than us by 10, 20 years that have said, I'm still in a, I'm still in a group chat with all my household sisters and we have each other's backs and we're all over the country and we're praying for our kids and we're, you know, looking out for each other. And we've gone through so much together just even since we've graduated, but these are the people that I invested in when I was at Franciscan for four short years. You know? Yeah. No, so. I mean, that's, that's my experience. I have uh, I'm on a group chat with a bunch of the guys. My wife is too. And the crazy thing is my, my freshman year roommate who joined uh line of Judah too, he lives 10 minutes up the road, but very randomly, but we mm-hmm. still see each other like once every, you know, two weeks or something and hang out, which is really special. That's great. That's pretty cool. That's wow. pretty cool. So did you know, like, what your hopes and dreams were? I mean, you kind of said after you graduate, maybe grad school, like, did you have a plan or has it gone the way you expected? (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't have much of a plan. I I really should have. At least I don't remember having that much of a plan. I remember in high school, like, hearing about Google or hearing about, um, like, uh, MIT and really thinking it would be fun to go there. I, I, I didn't think at the time that I actually had the skills to do it, but I was like, oh, that would be, that would be really neat if I got to go to MIT or join Google or something like that. Or like uh, Apple at the time, I remember the Apple keynotes, they're introducing the iPhone and kind of coming back to life and uh, in high school. And that was something I was like, ooh, Apple is really a That's very exciting. neat company. Yeah. I, I would love, I would love to join and work there, but I just never thought I, I actually had the skills to do it. So I was kind of like, I, I thought those things were interesting. But I, I didn't really, um, I didn't really pursue them, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly why. So when I graduated, I, I got a job offer my junior year, and I just didn't think about it too much. I was like, well, this is great. I have a job offer junior year. Why wouldn't I take it? Right. And did um, you start working for this company yeah, while you were in college? I did. Yeah. So I actually worked while I worked for them and some other clients. Kind of, it's my senior year. I would help them out. I remember it was like finals week and they were asking me to do something. I was like, I, I can't help you guys. Sorry. <laughs> I um, like, I can't really tell you why, but you know, we're about to pull an all nighter in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the common room and there's a lot of coffee and donuts. So <laughs> it was literally, it was literally something like that. They, they were launching a new product and, and they need me to launch a website. And I was like, I, I have a test tomorrow. I can't help you. <laughs> I'm a student. Um, so yeah. So I, I, I graduated and I got that first I had my first job. I, I didn't really have a master plan. It wasn't until I started working and reading a lot of books about like how to get better at what I was doing. I was hired to be um, the first kind of tech guy at this small Catholic publishing company at the time. At Ascension Press, Yeah, at right? Ascension Press. Mm-hmm. And I was the only tech hire. There was like six or seven people, maybe 10, really small. I had no idea what being the tech guy meant, and neither did they. Um, but they knew they needed it. Because of this like digital thing, quote unquote. The digital to, world. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And and it was really fun because I got to learn what being a tech guy meant and, and got to do everything from just like building the phone system to building their e-commerce website and automating their shipping pipelines and all this sort of stuff that, uh, you know, you just learned on the job. So mm-hmm. I, I think as I was there, I started reading a ton of books because there was no one to mentor me there. And I started to get excited about uh, building a company or starting a company and kind of also seeing that it's like, oh, I can do this. You just, you know, read some books, like try it out, see what works and, and repeat. And I don't need anyone to tell me how to do this. I can just start. Um, so I think as, as I was there, I started to kind of have more of a vision of 
hey, I, I really want to kind of build and run my own thing. Um, so I think that's how that kind of formed over time. And, but at first, there was no grand vision. Right. And you kind of realized, oh, maybe this could be like this could actually be a possibility. You had mentioned that you read um, that book, The 4-Hour Workbook, yes, right? Yes, And that kind of inspired you. Um, it's just interesting to see that you, you were already working, you were kind of, the ball was already rolling, right? You were yeah. doing something and at the same time inside you, and maybe God was kind of saying, Mike, there's other things, you I, know? I think that's what it was. You know, it, the, the publishing company was a great place to like cut my teeth, see, like see having an idea and then building it and hiring people around it and, and, and kind of releasing and seeing what happened. I got to do that a couple of times and really see just an idea that I had out into the world and people were using it. And that was really neat. And then, yeah, the four hour work week was, was huge. I mean, it's a, it's now kind of an older book and it's a little antiquated, but just the idea that, Hey, you can go, you know, resell stuff online and create a self-sustaining kind of micro business. That was really interesting to me at the time. And I thought, man, I know I can build this software at Ascension Press. Um, I could totally do this on my own. There you go. All right. So tell us what happened. How, where did this take you? Yeah. So I, I, at, at the end of my time at Ascension, it was like two years in, I think. And I, I, uh, I started getting these requests for consulting jobs um, where people were like, hey, I saw that you did this thing, integrate, like figured out how to tie into this accounting system or whatever it was. I published a lot of the stuff I was doing at Ascension kind of on an online code profile. Hmm. And so people would find me and then, oh, you know how to build this e-commerce site. Great. We'd like you to do the same thing. So I started getting these consulting requests. And at some point I realized, hey, I should just do these consulting things, consulting jobs, and then try to start a business on the side and like work half time for these kind of bundle of clients and then work for myself the other half. Right. So that's what I did. And I, I did that for, I think, like two or three years, I would do kind of quasi random consulting jobs just came my way. And then I tried a couple businesses out on the side, like three or four of them. I think it was like three or four. They all failed. They were all kind of in, in <laughs> retrospect, not great ideas. There's a lot of reasons why they you know, didn't work. Right. Um, but great experiences where I really got to learn like, okay, how do you sell to people? How do you bring some people together to accomplish a problem? Like how do you even d d discover what someone really needs? Um, what a customer really needs? So you can build the right thing. Um, and how, like, and what sequence do you build for the customer? So I, so I learned a lot of these mm -hmm. lessons by just trying stuff. You know, I was like up early, early every morning working on my own stuff and then, you know, work during the day for other companies. And then like Saturday, I was like working on my own thing. So I, right. I like was working a ton to try to figure this out because mm -hmm. um, I just got married at the time. And I, <laughs> I, I really felt like, okay, I, if I'm going to do this, now's the time to do it. Um, so yeah, so I, I I tried a couple of these businesses out. One of the one of the one of the businesses I was consulting for was Stripe. They were this kind of small small ish at the time, like five hundred people payments company, um, and they they hired me to kind of do a prototype of this integration between their their company and this other kind of accounting system. And uh, it was a couple month contract, and they decided at the end of it, hey, we're busy. We have a lot more important things to do than this. This is more complicated than we thought. We're not going to pursue it. Uh, but I built a great relationship with the product manager, kind of the, the person leading the project on their, t on their side. And he knew I wanted to do my own thing. They tried to recruit me to join. I said, no, I, I really want to build my own business. Right. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm working trial and error, you know, yeah. failing and growing, you know. Yeah. And it's like I could I could I, I knew it was only a matter of time because I figured it out. And and so I, I I told him no. But so he knew I wanted to do my own business. And he reached out to me, I think, like a month or two later. He's like, hey, we're not going to pursue this anymore, but we need it. 
So if you want to build it on your own, we'll mm-hmm. send you all the sales leads. And wow, you can um, you can do what you want with it. And I said, what and a gift! It was Man. great. It was great. What and a it gift. was it was a really in retrospect, it was a huge it was a huge blessing. I didn't really think too much of it at the time because I I wasn't a hundred percent sure it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't have anything working. Like the thing that we <laughs> built <laughs> was like twenty to thirty percent done. You know, it was really it was it was kind of a. Is like a, a ship with, you know, just nothing in it or something. Right. It was just like a car, like a frame of a car. It was really basic. It didn't really work very well. So I was like, I, I don't know if this is going to work, but sure, that sounds great. I'll try it out. So what, what I did was I, I put up a splash page, like just a marketing page. And I put up a little link that said, hey, if you're interested in this, uh, schedule a time to chat. And it, the page that described what the product did, it right. made it seem as if it was all done. <laughs> right, right. Um, it was like putting the feelers out, putting a line out. Anybody, it, any bites? Exactly. You know? yeah. And I, I think I had some screenshots and like, yeah. you know, articulated what it did. and um, But it didn't really do that. I could fake it. You know, I could, right. in a demo, I could kind of like show it working, but it was right. a puppet behind the scenes kind of moving the, moving the screenshots around. Um, and I started taking sales calls and I didn't know how to do sales. I mean, I was a, I was a nerd, right? I mean, it's like, I was just tinkering with all this random stuff when I was a teenager. But you always liked people. You like enjoying getting to know people and, and figuring out who they are and what their story is and things like exactly. that. Exactly. So. And that's what I learned sales is, you know, it's like sales is just building a relationship with someone and solving their problem together. Um, which is just, you know, like a version of friendship. Uh, yep. it's more like, you know, you're oriented toward doing a particular thing, but <laughs> right. it, I found that just building relationships with people made the difference. Uh, and that's what convinced them to trust me. Uh, even though this, you know, they could probably sense it wasn't totally done. <laughs> right. And they could probably sense it was just me. Uh, <laughs> like, I got to talk to Marsha back here. Marsha! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't mind that, you know. And even at, at the time when I started to grow it, I had multiple email addresses for different functions like sales, accounting, like support. <laughs> and I just left the name blank at the bottom. And I said, support team, like finance team. <laughs> And I We're a strong them, team. Exactly. I had them email all the different addresses. It all uh, went to you. Exactly. It, it all went to me. You. Just all these different boxes, which made it feel a little bigger. But I think they, I think people kind of <laughs> saw, saw through it. it. You know, that's amazing. Uh, it was, and I would uh, kind of delay sending emails sometimes, so it didn't look like all of them were sent at the same time. Um, so I, all sorts of funny things that I did to try to make it seem more legitimate. Wow. But I started to do these sales calls and uh, convince people that this was a that was going to work. And it was a good idea. And I got a, a couple people to sign on a couple months after doing these, these sales calls. But I didn't really have the thing built. So then I had to go build it. But right. I was still doing the consulting to actually pay the bills. Right. Married. We're, like, going to have our first kid in, like, nine months or something like that. You're like, great. I have, not, I have nine months. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's what it felt like. And so I was like, okay, I still got to, like, pay the bills and, and make enough money over here. But I really want to see if this thing can work. So I, I kept um, – you know, I, I kept uh, selling it on the side, getting people to commit. And then I worked with the customer directly to build exactly what they needed. So rather than building it beforehand, okay. I built hmm. it with them, which in retrospect was a great lesson. I mean, that's how you build great software products. You know exactly what the customer needs. You partner with them directly. And mm-hmm. you kind of collaborate on building something that could be applicable to a bigger group. I would say anything that you're selling. Yeah. I mean, really, isn't that what we all want? Cater it to, to the person. To exactly, exactly who your audience is. How many so. times have you bought something and said, well, if this, you know, I don't know, this shoe, this strap was just a little higher. Yeah, it would be yeah. perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, but you could actually do that in real time with your clients. That, you know, that, That's the magic of software is they can tell you they need something. You don't need to go to factory. You can mm. just type in some code and boom, you can test it out with them mm-hmm. in an hour or something. So it's pretty amazing. Um, that was the, that's the magic of kind of building software products. So oh, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I kept building, like, I kept building the, um, like, building the software, talking to more people, selling it. I was still working on the side. It took about, it took about nine months to a year before I was really confident that, like, okay, this is actually going to work. Like, people keep buying it. I have a sales <laughs> pipeline. Um, the product's done. And so I quit the consulting. I actually hired two other Franciscan grads right around the same time that I quit working part-time. Um, and just from the, the next year and a half after that, just really scaled it up. The, at that point, like the, the core product was done. It was just a matter of selling it, uh, right. improving the operations, just kind of scaling the business side. Uh, so that was like the focus of the next year and a half, which was, which was really fun. Right. And so what exactly was this product? That so you exactly what it did is, is if you're, if you're a business, you are selling things online and might, you might sell them. You, they might be products, like individual, like you're shipping, I don't know, shipping a shoe right. or something like that. Right. Or it might be a subscription where you're paying for a year in advance or you're paying for each month uh, and you probably pay taxes. And if you're a big business, you probably have multiple companies. You know, you might have your main U.S. company, but then you have a company in U.K. and Australia and all these different places. And each place has different taxes. They have different revenue laws. They have different all these different uh, different payment methods. Some might use bank transfers. Some might use credit card. Right. So you have all these like it gets very complex very quickly. Currency exchange rates, all mm. this sort of stuff. Right. And so it's the world of online sales. Right. I mean, really, it's crazy. It seems it seems simple, but there's like a lot of details under the hood right. that don't matter until you have to pay taxes and report on how much money you made. Um, and then it gets tricky because you have to make sure you have to do all of your kind of accounting mm. processes, all of your accounting reconciliation. So what my product did is it basically when you when you did something within this uh, credit card processing company Stripe, it recorded it in your accounting system and in automatically in real time in a very like exact way. So it eliminated a lot, ton of manual work for these accountants. So mm. something that would take them you know, 40 hours a month or like it, when the company grew a lot more than that, or a team of people right. to do, it would just automate that whole job. Wow. Um, and automate Personal some error that could happen. Exactly. Exactly. And the, so that was the pitch. It was like, Hey, we could save you headcount as you grow and mm -hmm. it's going to be completely accurate. It's going to be in real time. And we enabled them to do some things that they couldn't do before, like collect payments more easily and stuff right. like that. So, um, it's yeah, basically accounting automation, like payment collection business. Right. Okay. Cool. So if I've bought something on Etsy or someplace, I've probably used it? Uh, not Etsy, but if you like Asana or Glassdoor, Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. yeah. These were like mm -hmm. some of the companies that used it. I'm trying to think of like some of the other some of the other ones. There are so, some like bigger, bigger okay. names. That, bigger. Like Asana, Glassdoor, the ones that I remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're like growing this company. You've hired these two Franciscan grads and you mentioned, which is really cool that they were working remote and this is yeah. like before COVID. This is before everybody went home. So you're like, kind of like a mini pioneer. <laughs> like you're just like, you're doing this thing. You're hiring these. You're like, I just need, I need bodies. I need brains. I need help here. So when, what happened? What happened with this? You're working really hard. Yeah. So it, it kept growing and it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was really fun, but I was like thinking it got big enough where it's like, okay, I either need to stop growing this or I need to hire like five people to make it. So, you know, I have kind of redundancy across sales and support and engineering and all these functions. And I didn't take any investors. It was just me. So I was like, okay, if I do that, I'm going to eliminate all my profit and I'm going to become a manager. So I really don't want to be a manager right, <laughs> right now. You like the problem solving, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. At least, especially at that point, I really wanted to keep doing the, the work, the problem solving. Mm -hmm. And I knew it's like, okay, this was fun. I enjoyed building the business, but I don't want to do this forever. And if I build this up, like, what am, 
I'm probably going to commit to this for a while. And I have to commit to these other employees <laughs> right. that I'm really going to keep this business going. It's like you, you just know? had one kid, but now you're like, I'm going to have six more kids, except it, they're all adults. Yeah, like, exactly, I'm going exactly. to take care of these guys. What the? Exactly. You know? So I, 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 you know, through a kind of a, I mean, the, the way this happened was I was working very closely with the Stripe sales team to close different deals. And um, at the time, so, so they knew that, that this product is really important to sell this particular segment. So they, so eventually kind of their, the, the M&A folks and mergers and acquisition at the, at Stripe kind of started to talk to me and said, Hey, we know you're kind of a guy in a basement with, with, uh, <laughs> with a couple of like remote employees and we know you don't have any funding. Like, you know, there's nothing to stop you from just getting bored of this and quitting. Um, or selling it off to someone we don't like, or hmm. any any sort of these kind of negative outcomes for them. And we also know that we have competitors that are you know doing what you're doing and and doing more. And we want you to kind of come into Stripe um, and do keep doing what you're doing and expand it out to other to other you know integrate with other products and hire a team around it and make it more kind of a scalable and, and kind of a stable long term thing. Um, so we negotiated for a while, but they, they eventually kind of acquired the company. Um, yeah, about like two or two and a half years after I started it, which was cool. So, and that was a great blessing because I really, I, pardon me, really didn't want to hire a bunch more people and grow it that much more. Mm -hmm. And so I was really kind of de deciding at the time what to do. Mm -hmm. And this kind of came out of, of left field and, and was a great solution to that problem. Yeah. You kept saying that we were talking earlier, like it was such a great blessing. So it was kind of interesting how, yeah. it, all, how it all worked out. And you still work for Stripe. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So uh, I run um, like an engineering team, the tech, the tech side mm -hmm. of the engineering team there. Yeah. Uh, we kind of do similar things to what what um, what I did before, but we're doing right. for, for a couple different you know, integration. Right. And did you already um, tell our listeners what Stripe, if they don't know what Stripe is? Yeah. So Stripe, they're, they're, they're they've grown, grown a lot since, uh, since the 500 people that I, that, uh, you know, existed when I just started finding out about them. So they're, um, they're a credit card processing company, but they do, they, they do a lot more around like uh, helping you start and run a business now. So they've grown yeah. a lot from just like this credit card processing. Now they'll help you calculate your taxes, file your LLC, uh, they'll give you loans. They'll, you know, automate uh, your subscription billing, your invoicing. So they have a lot of different, um, they have like little uh, terminals that you can put at your coffee shop, whatever, to swipe cards. Mm -hmm. So they, they do a lot of kind of uh, wow. payment processing, but they, and uh, kind of like business management. Another right. really neat mm -hmm. thing they do is they power uh, like companies like Lyft, where they're collecting money from you, but sending it to someone else, like the Lyft driver. So they manage those mm. sort of uh, kind of automatic money movement type of things. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool company. That's awesome. Yeah. So where are you hoping to go in the future with all the gifts that you have to offer? Yeah, I mean, in the future, I definitely like to start a company again. Uh, not right this second, but I'm always on the hunt for kind of like interesting people or someone who who is in a similar spot to me. Um, who is excited about kind of like building another business and, and that sort of thing. So that's, that's definitely what I like to do in the future is, you know, find uh, th this, the last business I did on my own and I'd really love to find like some partners to build the next one with. Um, and also a really interesting idea to kind of like uh, dig in for a decade and solve. Hmm. That's exciting. And you've also been influential on campus trying to encourage students to do the same thing, right? Can you share with us a little bit about what your exposure to them has been? Yeah, I, uh, hopefully influential. I, I don't know if I, if I call it that yet, but uh, at least what, what I, looking back, I 
I would have wished on campus if there was something that kind of encouraged me to go start my own business at the time. In retrospect, as a college student, you kind of, it's the best time to start a tech business. You have no, no responsibilities. You don't really need any money. You don't really have anything to do. I mean, yes, you have classes, but like classes <laughs> right. are relatively easy, especially compared to like real work and marriage and kids and all that. Right. It's like, you know, classes are, you're on vacation. Um, so I, I really feel like uh, it would be helpful if I was told when I was in school, like, hey, now's the best time to start a business. Um, you should you should really do it. And you can do it. There's not no one stopping you. There's not anything you you don't know that you couldn't figure out quickly. And there's a bunch of kind of older folks that would love to help you. So what I've been trying to uh, uh, to do or, or talk to the, the uh, business and science department about here is um, just kind of encouraging students to go and, and try to do something on their own where we're trying to kind of uh, see if we can create some sort of like a summer program where students can kind of join together and try to start an internet business on the side kind of during the summer and give them a stipend to do that. Um, and also give them access to mentors to to unblock problems that might be really confusing. If you're a college student, like, what do I need? Like a company? Like how much money does this cost? Like, what do I do? How do right. I sell? What about contracts? So there's all of these sort of practical questions that um, you can't really teach in business class. You know, you really need to just do it to figure it out. Right. And if you just have a, a group a, a group chat of, of mentors that could answer these questions, um, I think that would unblock a, a lot of the problems that you would run right. into. And who knows? Even if the business you start in college doesn't work, it still gives you the idea that you can go and create something that customers want and uh, and build a business for yourself, which could really change the trajectory of your of your life. So that, it, that's it, what I'm excited about trying to encourage folks to do. It did for you. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. And I, I very much got lucky and read, the, read some books. And the CEO at the company I was at, Ascension Press, was really – uh, invested in me and gave me a lot of freedom and not everyone has that opportunity. So there's no reason why it's like we shouldn't try to encourage the students right now to just to give it a shot. And, and this kind of relates to what you just said. What um, coming from Franciscan has has Franciscan or your experience at Franciscan, you've told us a lot, has it in, influenced your work, your, you know, your life? And you kind of you, you talked about it um, a little bit before when you were talking about communication relationships and building, even when you were mentioning sales. So what is, what has it been like coming from Franciscan, walking into the world that you, that you live in and work in? Yeah. Yeah. I think for, on the work side, it, it definitely has in a, in a way different than you'd expect. I, I think, uh, you know, the individual classes of business or math, I don't really remember anything. I don't know how much, how, how helpful it was specifically, but the thing that I found, I mean, now I work with a lot of a lot of folks from like, you know, the top tier kind of elite universities, Stanford, Harvard, all that sort of thing. And um, the, the thing that I believe puts Franciscan students, you know, at least what I found for myself, it took me a while to kind of learn this. What it sets them apart is their ability to communicate and really uh, want the best for the other person that they're working with and not just uh, – be someone who's, who's serving, who's serving themselves or trying to feed their own ego or get the promotion or something like that. So what I've learned is like your ability to kind of, um, on a team, especially in a larger company, but even a small company in, in terms of sales and working with external folks, like, uh, the, the ability to c communicate with other people, write well, speak well, uh, convince everyone to go in a particular direction or build consensus, all of those sort of leadership skills that require just really wanting the best for the other person. Um, and they require trust. That's something that, you know, I think we are just 
uh, as Franciscan grads, uh, great at, at largely, you know, at least household, I think is a big part of that and just the culture on campus. So it feels like that has been my biggest advantage coming out of Franciscan is the ability to kind of, um, you know, interact with people well and, and, yeah. uh, you know, build a good culture of kind of collaboration in mm-hmm. the places I've been. So that's awesome. I know it really is. Um, okay. So now it's time for our favorite little segment at the end, our hot takes from the Hill. So Mike, what, who, who was your favorite professor on campus? So my favorite was definitely uh, Maria Seifert in Austria. It's technically not on campus, but I, that's on a our different campus. campus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Christy was talking about Florida and California. You're like, hey, we have a campus in Austria. Yeah. So yeah, it makes all things better. Okay. What was your favorite class? Uh, my favorite class, I think my favorite class was the philosophy human person with Dr. Seifert. Mm. That was the one I kind of remember the most. I definitely loved some of Dr. Welker's classes, like the game theory class. Uh, I remember that. Um, but I'd say the top was the philosophy humor person. Yeah. It's kind of what you were saying earlier, too. Mm-hmm. How you That's your strength from Franciscan. Yeah. Valuing the other person. So, okay. And how about your favorite friar or sister? Yeah. Favorite friar was Father Conrad. He was our um, our household kind of advisor, at least for part of the time. And this is something I, I didn't really think about it until after leaving school. But he was he was like an older friar. I mean, I can't remember how old he was, but he's probably mm-hmm. like 70s plus. And he would come hang out with us, like go to our retreats on the weekend, like stay up late and like, uh, you know, just talk and joke. And as a as a 70 plus year old, it's like, man, I hope I can do that when I'm that <laughs> old. But he was really invested in us and just was an awesome presence to to just spend time and offer wisdom. He was he was great. Hmm. That's awesome. Did you have a favorite thing to do off campus? Uh, the, the only memory that comes to mind is there was this river, and I don't remember where it was, uh, with a rope swing mm-hmm. and a, a kind of a cliff that you could jump off. And we we would go out there in the summers, and uh, it was a, a pretty dirty river. In <laughs> retros- it was a lot of stuff floating in it. But uh, yeah. as college kids, it was like, this is awesome. We're going to jump off this rope. Uh, and it was really uh, – or jump off this cliff and swing off this rope, and it was really fun. Right. I, I actually sadly just saw that that in the – we had a recent ice storm, and the rope swing was – the tree fell down. Oh, no. So oh RIP, it just happened. Someone's got to <laughs> find another tree, yeah. you know, or yeah. build like a crane or something. Exactly. You, know, you can't lose that. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Um, have you ever run into an alum in a random place that you did not expect? So I, I do remember this. I, I uh, recently, we were going to Philly about a year ago, and um, which is where I'm from. We live in Denver now. So we're flying back home and we were in the airport, had our three kids. Two of them were just running around in circles uh, in this like kind of more open area in the airport. And uh, so I'm sitting there watching them kind of entertain the rest of the crowd there. And uh, you're like, this is free. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone was loving it. They were, they were talking to each other, kind of like yeah. arguing about something. It was, it was, they're, it, they're so funny. So, um, so I'm, I'm just wa- watching them, making sure they don't kind of run off into the rest of the concourse. Uh, and this guy comes up to me, he's like, Hey Mike. And I, and I looked at him, I was like, Oh my gosh. I, and I, I actually, I'm tr- struggling to remember his name. I think it was Jimmy. Um, he's now a TOR. Um, and he was, I don't even know why he was there. I think he was going to Philly or coming from Philly or something. And we, I hadn't seen him since I graduated. I mean, it must've been Aww. like 10 years or something. Right. And so he, we only had a little bit of time cause he had to run and catch his flight. 
But uh, yeah, we caught up for like 15 minutes, yeah. just completely random. Oh, I love so that. That's fun. That's great. Yeah, number one um, place people are meeting other alumni <laughs> is airport. I think airport. you're. I think you're probably the fifth oh, person. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, hey, we travel a lot. We travel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It's so great to hear from you and your story. Um, pretty inspiring and encouraging. So I'm. I'm impressed. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. It, it has been a blast. So thanks for coming. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.